Today's episode is about a rodent meteorologist who resides at Gobbler's Knob in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Wanderers, welcome back to another Foolish Wanderers podcast, the podcast about anything and everything. Today, we're going to be talking about Puxatani Phil, the rodent from Groundhog's Day. I thought you were going to say Pickle Town. <laughs> that too, yes. Pickle Town. Is that a thing, Pickle Town? I'm sure it is. I hope it's not a real place, but it probably is. There's a festival for pickles. Where? I know that you put like a pickle on the tree. Yeah. For Christmas, we talked about that a few episodes back for, I think, Rich of Christmas Traditions. Yeah. Uh, what episode was that? Yeah, episode 47, Rich of Christmas Traditions. Yeah. We talked about the pickle on the tree. Pickle on the tree. Uh, so there's actually a few pickle um, festivals. So there's one in Manson, or Mansfield, Texas. One in Mount Olive, New York, which is Why would North you Carolina. have olives? Mount Olive, North Carolina. Why wouldn't you have a festival for olives? It seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> Exactly, it's your name. That, stuff like that just infuriates me when it's like blatant missed opportunities. I'll look up, I'll look up Olive Festival in a second. There's also one in Clearwater, Florida, just to name a few. Oh, clear, in Clearwater, Florida? Yes. That's the headquarters for Scientology. Is it really? Yeah, oh, no. No, pickles <laughs> anytime, I, anytime I ever hear like an uh, athlete or I don't know, somebody that's like Clearwater, Florida, I always uh-huh. tell them that. I'm like, oh, it's the Scientology capital of the world. Fun fact, I didn't need to know. <laughs> yeah, no, Mountain Olive doesn't seem to have an olive festival. That's just disgusting. <laughs> oh, and um, Shelly Miscavige, David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, she's yeah. still missing. His wife, she is Wait. still missing. She hasn't been publicly seen for many, 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 many years. Okay, so I'm very behind in Scientology because, quite frankly, it freaks me out. Um, so I had no idea this, she was, anyone was missing. Um, maybe that's a future episode. <laughs> she was last seen in 2007. Oh, oh my goodness. She's dead. That's, oh, that gave me goosebumps. I don't like that. She's dead. Oh, yeah. But, okay. Should we go back to Puxatawney Phil? <laughs> How did we even get there? Oh, because we looked at uh, Pickle Festival. Oh, yeah, because we one in Florida. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, we're going to get back to Groundhog's Day now. Groundhog's Day is definitely the biggest holiday in February. There's no other holidays in February. Nope. Nothing that rhymes with Mal and Mine's May. Very clever. I love it. <laughs> that, was, that was so bad. <laughs> Nothing that looks like upside down butts. <laughs> Peaches. Oh, I meant like a heart. Cause a heart looks like an upside down butt. You know, I just say. Oh, okay, okay. Peaches look like butts. Yeah, that's why I use the peach emoji <laughs> instead of like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, back to Groundhog Day. <laughs> the biggest holiday in February. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on February 2nd, every single year, Puxatani holds a festival with music and food. During the ceremony, which begins well before the winter sunrise, Phil emerges from his temporary home on Gobbler's Knob, located 
in a rural area about two miles southeast of town. According to tradition, if Phil sees his shadow and returns to his hole... Oh, Phil's a groundhog. He's yes. not a human. So Puxatani is a town, correct? Uh-huh. And then... Okay, and then Phil's a groundhog. Yep. Okay. Phil's not a human. That'd be super funny, though. If it was a human, it was like, <laughs> he goes back to his hole. It's like the um, like the hermits or like the original gnomes mm-hmm. we talked about in the gnomes episode. Oh my god, <laughs> I would like that better. What the, if you walked out if like once was, a year? Yeah, it was like a hermit. Like people in the festival <laughs> to go see like this hermit like guy oh, no. at this mansion on these mansion grounds, and then he did like a dance just, or something. It just like predicts the weather for the entire year. Yeah, it'd be funny. It's accurate the entire time. That'd be mm-hmm. fabulous. Okay, so if Phil sees his shadow and returns to his hole, he has predicted six more weeks of winter-like weather. If Phil does not see his shadow, he has predicted an early spring. Puxatani's event is the most famous of many Groundhog Day festivals held in the United States and Canada. The event formally began in 1887, although its roots go back even further. Dun dun dun! Okay, now we're going to move into Puxatani Phil official canon. Okay. <laughs> I like it. so. Oh, I just have an image of Gobbler's Knob just because it's such a hila- awful, like, <laughs> dirty, hilarious location name. But you see him, he has like his own little stump and then his little billboard behind him. Yeah, it's cute. It's like he it's has his own little hut. It's, it's cute, cute, even though he's held captive. Aww. Okay, back to official canon for Puxatani Phil. All right, so according to the lore, there's only one Phil. Okay. And all other groundhogs are imposters. Oh, okay. It's kind of like cult-like already. They're like, we believe there is only one Phil. (laughs) One Phil has only ever lived. Oh, did ever will live. (laughs) And all the other groundhogs are imposters. It is claimed that this one groundhog named Phil Mm -hmm. has lived to make weather predictions since 1886. He is sustained by drinks of groundhog punch or the elixir of life administered at the annual groundhog picnic in the fall. So not Groundhog's Day, the Puxatani festival thing in in Puxatani on February 2nd. Not Groundhog's Day, but they have a groundhog picnic with him in the fall. And then the lifespan of the groundhog in the wild is roughly six years. So that's how long they're supposed to live. But in Phil world, he has been alive since 18 so this groundhog found the fountain of youth is keeping it all for himself no his oh his crew his, his crew found the fountain of youth yep his crew okay we'll get into his crew but his crew oh, 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 give it to him they give him the groundhog punch the punch you're not supposed to drink the punch phil you're not supposed to drink the punch no it's bad <laughs> do yep, not drink punch it's really bad yep so this whole thing is kind of cult like we're already there's only mm-hmm. one phil yep and all this yeah. <laughs> oh no okay drink punch drink the kool-aid Oh, no. So according to the Groundhog Club, yes, that's the real thing, the Groundhog Club. (laughs) Okay. Phil, after the prediction, speaks to the club president in the language of Groundhoggies. (laughs) Okay. That's the official language of Groundhogs, Groundhoggies. Okay. Which supposedly only the current president can understand, and then his prediction is translated and revealed to all. Not culty at all. I like Not it. culty at all. So no. far we've had um <laughs> <laughs> We've had there is only one true groundhog named Phil. We've had Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. And we've had a special secret language that only one person can understand and then translates it to the rest of the crew. It's, huh. it's, it's sane. It's fine. It's safe. You're good. It's fine. It's a groundhog. Who cares? It's fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> 
Okay, the Groundhog Day celebration is rooted in a Celtic and Germanic tradition that says that if a hibernating animal casts a shadow on February 2nd, the pagan holiday of Imbolc, I-M-B-O-L-C, known among Christians as Candlemas. Okay. So not Christmas, Candlemas. Candlemas, okay. I feel like, me personally, I would like Candlemas way better than Christmas because I have an unhealthy obsession with candles. I feel like I have a lot a of candle people, drawer. You have a candle drawer. I have a candle cabinet, so I think we're <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, you, you have more of an issue than I do. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, continue. I have a candle cabinet. <laughs> it's just like one shelf in a cabinet. It's fine. It's healthy. All right. Before, you know... Before you know it, it's going to spread down to the other shelves like an infection. Oh, I know. Oh, ew. So during Candlemas, the clergy would bless and distribute candles needed for winter. The candles represented how long and cold the winter would be. Germans expanded on this concept by selecting an animal, the hedgehog. I've also seen badger, but I've seen hedgehog more frequently. Okay. As a means of predicting weather. Winter and cold weather will last another six weeks. If no shadow is seen, legend says spring will come early. In Germany, the tradition evolved into a myth that if the sun came out on Candlemas, a hedgehog would cast its shadow, predicting snow all the way into May. That's when interesting. Like if the is. sun comes out, you think that's spring, but it's more winter. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Weird, weird, weird. Mm-hmm. When German immigrants settled in Pennsylvania, they transferred the tradition onto local fauna, replacing hedgehogs with groundhogs. Oh. Several okay. other towns in the region hold similar Groundhog Day events, but they're not as big as Puxatani film. Because <laughs> yeah. remember... There's only one fill. Yes, allegedly, yeah. Each year, two scrolls are prepared by the vice president of the inner circle. So that's what it's called. It's called Phil's Inner Circle. Oh, that's And it's worse. comprised by all... So if you've ever seen, like, the Today Show or early morning TV or the news when they show the groundhog for Groundhog's Day, Puxatani yeah. Phil, mm-hmm. they usually show him, like, surrounded by, like, these old guys with beards in top hats and tuxedos, if that's not familiar to you. Okay. I haven't seen that in a long time. Okay, but... but that's the inner circle, and usually the one that holds him up, like Simba in the Lion King, <laughs> is the president. Okay, his special privileges. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so where was I? Oh yes, each year two scrolls are prepared by the vice president by the vice president of the inner circle. One says early spring. One scroll does says okay. early spring, and the other says six more weeks of winter. These scrolls are placed during the ceremony on the stump, and after Phil is awakened by the crowd, Phil communicates in the ground groundhoggese to the president, who is then directed by Phil to the proper scroll and forecast. So we're completely abandoning now the shadow thing. Yeah. No, No, he is supposed to see his shadow, and then, like, he has seen it before, Uh, and then he, like, goes and tells you. Interesting. Okay. So he, like, kind of walks over to it, like, the Phil does, or he just speaks to the president and is like, This scroll. I, th- I think he just speaks to the president. <laughs> it's all just a capitalistic ploy. Yeah. Phil's not even a groundhog. He's a damn cat. It's because I hedgehog, but you know. It's a fat cat that they've put some cat. buck teeth in his mouth. <laughs> they shove it in a hole and he pops up once he. Oh no. They just bribed him with a little bit of tuna. Uh huh. He's high on, what are they high on? Kitten feet? Catnip. He's kitten high on catnip. Feet. He's a catnip drug addict. Did, did you say kitten feed? I don't know. Okay. I have a cat. I have a dog. I don't know yeah. what it's called. That's true. Okay. Okay. The inner circle. 
I'm going to talk about the inner circle. Okay. In, so this whole Groundhog, um, Paxitani Fail Groundhog Day celebration mm-hmm. is organized by the inner circle. They are recognizable from their top hats and tuxedos. Um, they communicate with Phil to receive his um, predictions. Okay. This suspension of disbelief extends to the assertion that the same groundhog has been making predictions since the 19th century. So, again, the 1800s. Okay. So the president of the inner circle is the only person able to understand groundhog ease, mm-hmm. but it's through his possession of an ancient acacia wood cane. Ooh, okay. That, it's like Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. So he's <laughs> able to interpret Phil's message and directs the vice president to read the proper scroll to the crowd gathered on Gobbler's Knob <laughs> and the masses of, this is what they call themselves, Faithful followers with all P, like PH instead of faithful, like with an F, PH faithful followers. So faithful is spelled P H A I T H P H I L. And followers is P H O L L O W E R S. Yep. And they broadcast it to live around the world, and then, you know, the Today Show shows it. Mm-hmm. Right, I have seen it on the Today Show like once. Mm hmm. And then this next picture, we've got the inner circle. We'll post some of these images on Instagram at Foolish Wonders Podcast. I mean, it's not much to see. It's just a bunch it's of not. old Batman <laughs> and tuxedos and a top hat holding on to a, like a groundhog. Holding on to Phil. Yep. It's very different. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here is some more facts about the inner circle. Okay. The inner circle. We need to have like dramatic music every time we say inner circle. Currently has 15 members, 16 if you count Phil himself, (laughs) including President Jeff Lundy, who has been in the circle since 1990. The members all have individual nicknames that vaguely tie into their careers. Tom Dunkel, the so-called shingle shaker, is a a roofing contractor, or weather phenomena... Oh, it's phenomena. That sounds like... That looks like a... Yeah, that's what it looks like. Phenomena. (laughs) Or weather ph- phenomena, there is an Iceman, a Big Chill, and even a Thunder contra- Conductor. Thunder Conductor. Mm-hmm. I like Thunder Conductor. I don't like know. Far- it sounds like farts. <laughs> it does. Oh, no. You like it now? No. <laughs> I'll stick to something else. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I can just imagine, like... Like somebody walking into like a room full of people and just be like, I'm the thunder conductor. <laughs> I'd be like, can we I like check please? Can, can we get we a leave? psychiatrist in here? Okay. <laughs> Moving on, people. These are some Phil facts. Okay. Poxitani Phil has a wife named Phyllis. <laughs> okay. Phil lives in the library in Puxatawney with his wife, Phyllis. Is she as old as Phil? Or is yeah. she? Oh, she is. Okay. She doesn't die either. Okay. I don't think she gets her own little parade or anything, but oh. to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm sure. So yeah, so they, during, they both reside in this, in the public library. Oh, interesting. So you can go and like, look at them anytime you want in the library? I think I mean, I think it's... I don't know. I should Google it. <laughs> okay, this next picture is him, like, that he's coming out of the hole. It's kind of sad. He's, like, holding his hand against the glass, like, help me. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's been doing this for hundreds of years. He's done with this shit. 
<laughs> Predict Put your own weather. There. So, like, there is a little window that you could possibly see him okay. if you, you know, hopefully don't slap on the glass and feel us oh. upset. But, oh. yeah, there's, like, little windows that's Philsboro and they've got signs and stuff outside. And then you can also go inside to try and sneak a peek at them. It's kind of fun, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of fun. But hopefully they have enough room and they're taking Yeah, well. I'm sure they're, they're taking, care. you know, good well Oh, care I'm of. very sure. He's lived several hundred years. He's yeah, I mean, he's, well he's care of. yeah, he's well taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good for his age. Oh yes, beautiful, smashing. Okay. Some more Phil facts. Pantatani Phil was fiercely anti-prohibition. Okay. So Phil apparently likes more than just his groundhog punch. Who is giving this groundhog libations? I want to speak to them. (laughs) That's weird. Okay. The groundhog quite memorably announced during Prohibition that if he were kept from drinking the hard stuff, there would be 60 weeks of winter. He is a very spiteful little groundhog. Yep, but not even Puxatani Phil can punch the world into over a year of winter, desire for booze aside. Mm-hmm. He has no control over the weather yet. He doesn't have control over the weather, so. Good, good. Okay, so how does Phil get around? Good question, Katrina. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this, so Phil has a special car called the Philmobile. Of course. It's a little bus that houses members of the inner circle, and yes. Phil has a special seat on the outside so he can be seen on parades. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is a little car seat? Like the Pope Mobile bus. <laughs> that's fantastic. I like it. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have. <laughs> Are you going to go see Puxatani Phil? No. No? Nah. I'm sure he'd love to see you. I don't think he would. <laughs> And if anyone wants to like look at any more of the weird sideshows I do or food they sell for the Groundhog Day event, you can go on to groundhog.org. They have like special foods. They've got like you know, it's like the souvenir. It's like a tourist trap stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the hodag, but this one's actually an this animal. Is, this, is <laughs> this, is this is way bigger than the hodag. <laughs> This is, I mean, Bill Murray made a movie about this called Groundhog Day. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. It's funny. But is it actually about Puxatani Phil? Oh, yeah. It's um, Bill Murray. He stars as this weatherman. I think he's a weatherman. Or is he just like a news reporter? Maybe he's just a news reporter. Somebody who's a big fan is going to be really upset with me. I think he no he's a weatherman he's a what so Bill Murray's like a weatherman and he hates okay. his life and he goes to Puxatawney Pennsylvania to cover the annual Groundhog Day celebration okay and somehow he ends up reliving the same day over and over and over and over again okay that's the part I've heard of yeah so it's him trying to figure out how to um get out <laughs> escape See, isn't that, that idea, like, when I heard about this movie, like, kind of terrifies me being stuck in a loop for so mm-hmm. long and not being able to break out of it. Oh, yeah, that'd be scary. And you're just, like, living in it for, like, hundreds of years and you finally figure it out. Maybe that's what Poxitani Phil's doing. Hey, maybe. And he hasn't figured it out. Well, that's him why they dress the are, same. Him and Phyllis are stuck. Yeah. Oh, so Poxitani Phil also has a Twitter account, so <laughs> you can go follow him, Poxitani, at Poxitani Phil. Um, they only have 9,000 members, so, or followers on Twitter. <laughs> members. <laughs> do they have an Instagram, I wonder? I'm I guess they do. Puck, at Puck's Tony Phil. And then his location is Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 
that name? Oh, I found him on Instagram. He only has four images, though. <laughs> See? He's not... He just must be sleeping. Oh, he's yes. so old, you know, he just... He doesn't really care for technology. He's not very tech-savvy. That's okay. That's we okay. still love you, Phil. Does he have a check mark? <laughs> no, none of them do. Oh, and... Oh, I totally forgot about this little fact. Um, but... So, they think... That Phil, Puxatawney Phil, is named after Queen Elizabeth's husband, or late husband, Prince Philip. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he was, like, a, more of a celebrity at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I honestly don't know too much about the royal family. I know, like, some names, but some I kind of don't remember very well. And that was the story about Groundhog's Day. <laughs> So kind of speaking of royalty. Yes, Phil is royal. Yes. Well, also his namesake is royalty. Oh, Phil good point. With <laughs> True. <laughs> but yes, Puxatawney Phil is royalty. Hey, if you're followed around by a, like an inner circle. That's true. wearing tuxedos and top hats, you're royalty to me. Yeah, true. All right, so speaking of royalty, I f- there's another article I found on allthat'sinteresting.com called Can Marie Antoinette Syndrome Really Turn Your Hair White from Fright? Have you ever heard of this, Kendra? I have never heard of Marie Antoinette Syndrome, but I know who okay. Marie Antoinette was. I kind of would hope so because she's pretty infamous. Um, mm-hmm. Let them eat cake. Yes, yes. Did she actually say that or was that just kind of like a... Uh, I've heard... I think it was more like a newspaper media... Okay. That's what I kind of thought. I was like, they just said it to make her sound worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do kind of feel bad for Mary Antoinette, though. I do too. She got exe- I like she got executed. Her husband got executed, and then her both of her children died. <sighs> they were young. That's the thing and that then, kills you know, me. Is they're kids. That's what made yeah me too. I'm like, oh, the kids. And then you know she died at the end too. Yeah. The part of it too is like she didn't necessarily. She was so young when she came into power, right? So you, you don't have that. Even back then, I, you didn't have that mental. In her early, like maybe 12, 13, when she yeah, was, she was really shipped young. over from Austria to France mm-hmm. to marry Louis. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was very young. And then so going through your teenage years while you're technically queen. And they didn't have children for a very, very, very long time. And yep. that when when you're royal or anything with um, power and you're the wife mm-hmm. and you're not producing children which is you know was back then your only sort of job yeah unfortunately the woman yeah. mm-hmm. like you were just probably given all sorts of hate 24 7 365 until oh yeah and even if you had a daughter it was like mm-hmm. it's not a son it's like the worst thing yeah yeah so like that's that's kind of why a lot of people say that she you know spent so much money and like indulged in sweets is because she was a kid she grew up in power with money as a kid so like she didn't really have as much oh, like, yeah training as like how to like i guess like more responsibly run peter pan thing. syndrome yeah anyways so <laughs> the is that Antoinette what the mary like, antoinette syndrome is, is this no <laughs> No. So Marie Antoinette Syndrome is also known as Canida's Supita, I believe is how you pronounce it. That sounds like a fake word. It's C-A-N-I-T-I-E-S-S-U-B-I-T-A. Or Subita? Canidas Subita. I'm not going to Google that. To, Something to, like to that. Check you. <laughs> I'm not going to Google that. <laughs> so this condition is said to suddenly turn all of your hair white due to either fear or stress or like a combination of the two. So, however, it's not like scientifically proven yet that it's real. So let's get into it a little bit. I thought she just wore a wig. 
that's what I thought too. Like they powdered it or like had like a wig or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. So here's a couple of like accounts of people that supposedly had the syndrome. So one is once apparently a queen, doesn't say what queen, went to sleep, a brunette and woke up the next morning with white hair, like all white hair. Um, and then another, another man on the morning of his execution, he discovered that his hair had turned white. And then another young soldier, um, he said that he had a near death experience and his hair turned white overnight. So all of these three encounters describe what is now known as Marie Antoinette syndrome. So apparently the most famous account of this is um, the young French queen's hair turned white after a failed attempt to escape France during the revolution. Mm-hmm. So although Antoinette had enjoyed powdering her hair with wearing white wigs in her youth, so she did powder her hair, uh, she was not happy about the change. So she apparently this wasn't supposedly powder or like a wig. These cases of Marie Antoinette syndrome, also known as Canidas Supita, seemed scientifically impossible, yet dozens of cases, some even witnessed by physicians, report a sudden change in hair color. So to me, that's kind of a weird concept because like unless you bleach your hair, how does something that's already like grown out of your head like... I know, lose all its color because it's already dead. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's real. I don't believe it, but... I don't know. (laughs) So on June 20th, 1791, the French royal family fled from Paris with revolutionaries chasing them. So Marie Antoinette pushed her husband Louis XVI to ride for territories controlled by her brother. Um, An army of 10,000 still loyal to the monarchy would allow the royals to retake their throne. However, this plan that she had was a disaster. Um, Disguised as a governess and a valet, the queen and king left Paris behind. They rode through the night, hoping to reach allies before they are caught, but news of their escape quickly became public, and France's National Guard began searching for the royals. So her plan was kind of just, like, go to, like, where her brother had power, and then take over, kind of, like, under a different name, Mm -hmm. and then they got caught. They got caught. (laughs) They got caught. So in the city of Varennes, a postmaster, I believe it's France, yeah. Okay. A postmaster com- confronted the disguised king well after midnight. So he held up a banknote with the monarch's face and none could deny that he was the that's king. That's so stupid. That's stupid to me because if you look at any of, if you look at like a lot of these royal portraits, yeah. they Photoshop. Yeah, like, they do. Like, like Photoshop themselves. Yeah. To make themselves look better. Oh yeah, because you want to impress people. Yeah. Like for instance, Cleopatra mm-hmm. was homely looking. Yeah. I can say there... that because she's been dead for thousands of years. But she was really homely looking. Isn't there life. like a bust that was pretty accurate? Yeah. And... Okay, she that's... had like a she was homely looking. She was not what all these other portraitures and you know mm-hmm. stuff made her out to be or you know yeah. there's other instances as well. Like isn't it like on a coin that there's like one that looks supposedly what she was supposed to look like or in a bust, yeah. In a bust. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that she had those or let those like be made i guess because if she wanted to make herself look more beautiful but i mean there's other like more modern instances with like you know royals were inbred a lot of most of the time and a lot of them had were you you know issues yeah issues gimp legs you know scoliosis hunchbacks all this other stuff edited Mm -hmm. out in the portraits yeah i I find it very hard to believe that some sort of guy was able to hold up a (laughs) And <laughs> you know a dollar bill and be like it's you it's the king unless that unless it was just like certain features that they always had but like maybe. in the portraits and stuff maybe it was Good features point, but i don't know it'd be pretty um, hard for me to be running around with like a one dollar bill with, with George washington <laughs> on it and be like it's you yeah true yeah fair enough 
So supposedly, the king and the queen were then led back to Paris, um, led by guardsmen and armed citizens. So very forcefully, we're led back to Paris. Citizens arrest with pitchforks. (laughs) Yeah, very violent. Citizens arrest. You're like, if one more step towards us and you're going to get leprosy. Oh, that's not good. Okay. So once they were led back to Paris, the king and queen would then eventually face a trial and then be executed. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the queen returned to Paris, however, Marie Antoinette was not the same woman who had fled the night on June 20th. Apparently, overnight, her hair had turned a shocking shade of white. So apparently, according to the syndrome, the theory is that she was so stressed, which obviously you're fleeing for your life, um, mm-hmm. her hair turned white. Which wasn't it blonde to begin with? So I guess that wouldn't be too In far. In the movie it was blonde. I don't I know guess. what it was okay. in real life. Okay, fair enough. So Henriette Camp- Campton, the Queen's lady-in-waiting, confirmed the change. This is her quote. The first time I saw Her Majesty after the unfortunate catastrophe of the Vernet's journey, her features were not very much altered, but after the first kind words she uttered, she uttered to me, she took off her cap and desired me to observe the effect which grief had produced upon her hair. So she confirmed that her hair all of a sudden became white. Was it overnight or was it like a few days or? I believe it's overnight. Okay. That is what happened. So continuing her quote, it had become in one single night, there you go, as white as that of a woman of 70. Ketman related at the time, Marie Antoinette was just 35 years old. That's kind of, okay, so but just think, what is that age today? Is that 50? What do you mean? So you know mean, how like, people died a lot earlier, like their life like expectancy was shorter than it is today by a yeah, lot. But with that, so it was like, thirty five then. Is that like forty five now? That's a good question. I don't really know. Like, would your features change that much if even if you were to die but younger? Then but then I'm like taking into account like you know stress of an everyday life of not having you know modern medicine. <laughs> So you mean like you're comparing like calling her old because like Marie Antoinette I don't think had a lot of extra stress until this the revolution. Mm-hmm. So like, but you mean like comparing her to like a like an everyday worker or like commons common lady that would be like working and trying to make a living that kind of thing. I don't like, know. Like, how is she it that look? much of a? I don't know. I'm like, is it that much of a step? T- like to think like oh but having because now like having 30 like being 35 and having white hair that's yeah. a little bit uncommon but you, mm-hmm. you start to get you start to gray in like your late 20s a little like some people some people depends no i don't want to go gray. <laughs> some people yeah yep. and then it starts to get more common as you get older obviously yeah but, yep. but i'm just saying like is it that uncommon in that time for like the late 1700s for a woman of 35 to Mm -hmm. have white hair or gray hairs and then that's a good i'm sure they had some gray hair because yeah because if they were working so hard you know it's not i guess i I don't know i haven't read any like history books talking about what they would look like like as far as like hair color changing faster but yeah i guess it would be weird if they were weirded out that her hair turned white yeah you think if they were weirded out that that it was weird weird. okay yep yep so while although Marie Antoinette's account is the most famous account of Marie Antoinette syndrome, it has baffled scientists for centuries. So again, is it really possible to change overnight? Okay, so here's a few more cases. So centuries before the French Revolution, Thomas More's hair also turned white overnight. A humanist and lawyer, More refused to accept Henry VIII ending his first marriage and leaving the Catholic Church. When the king demanded that More take the oath of supremacy, More instead chose prison and execution. 
So the night before his execution in 1535, Morris Harris suddenly became white. Oh my gosh. Obviously he'd be super stressed, but still interesting that turned white. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then Mary, the Queen of Scots, also reportedly arrived at her execution in 1587 with a new hair color. After her son consented to her execution, Mary's hair became white during her last night of life. Hmm. So, so this is an eyewitness account. Um, quote: It is not old age that turned it white. Um, this is by Pierre de Bordel. Uh, continued, but the troubles, misfortunes, and sorrows which she had suffered, especially in her prison. So I couldn't imagine either, like being in a prison, prison especially in that time. Oh. Cold, wet, just full of disease. You get sick. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh! Terrifying. Yes. Rotten food, probably. Oh yeah. The oldest recorded case of the Marie Antoinette syndrome dates back nearly 2,000 years. So according to the Talmud, a teenage scholar who joined the Israeli Talmudic Academy worried that his youth made him seem unprepared for serious studies. The next day, he had white hair. So the medieval Jewish scholar, forgive my pronunciation, Maimodiz, poised that intense studying had caused a change. So again, stress. Hmm. So, or he died in it. I suppose, yeah. Maybe if you wanted to seem older and more wise, I suppose. I would do that, yeah. <laughs> so in more modern cases, witnessed by physicians, um, in 1915, a French soldier nearly died in a mine explosion during World War One battles. Mm. He was taken into the... So this is a quote from Scientific American. He was taken to the English hospital at Archimbios. Again, please forgive my pronunciation. Where in the following day, he noticed to a surprise tufts of white hair on the left side of his head. But just tufts. Just tufts yes it's only a part of his hair changed in 1902 a physician at the london at the london temperance hospital treated a young woman who saw a woman's throat being cut and a victim falling dead at her feet oh my gosh so very traumatic so half of her hair also turned white oh mine would too (laughs) yeah you saw that yeah terrifying okay so according to desmond tobin a dermatological science professor at the university college of dublin says that the syndrome is impossible Uh, he says that there are no living cells in the hair which yes yeah it's dead yeah so physiological stress can affect the hair fiber that's already been formed it's dead yes it is dead it can only affect the fibers that are forming which is what i thought right because like you get stressed out, you can technically go gray early if you worry too much. Yep. So there but there's no way anxiety. for it to spread down from yeah. the root of your hair. And your hair nope. doesn't grow that fast. Oh, no. That'd be amazing if it did, but no. So then what explains overnight changes in hair color? According to some accounts, and Marie, Marie Antoinette is said that dyed her hair before fleeing Paris, maybe to help disguise her. Um, another condition may also explain the syndrome. Um, those with alopecia areata can suffer from sudden hair loss, and pigmented hair is more likely to fall out. Perhaps the stress of its execution caused Thomas More to lose his dark brown hair, leaving only the white behind, so making it look like his hair color changed overnight. So like, if he already had some white hairs like growing in and then due to alopecia arietta like his the dark hair is all of a sudden the stress fell out so making it look like it changed color which makes sense that makes sense to me yeah because it's like the only way you could actually logical you, yeah Act, the only logical actually way. Happened. yeah yeah yep. so but then according to a 2020 study in nature points to another explanation so apparently exposing mice to stress could destroy the cells that produce pigment in hair stressed out mice suddenly had patches of white fur but so, not all the way white no not all the way patches yes but like that one soldier right he just mm-hmm. had the white patches that makes sense yeah so research and physician reports show that hair whitening is possible however can it happen overnight perhaps no. only in some <laughs> extreme situations 
situations. So I don't know. I can see, you know, like with the alopecia thing, the falling out, I can see that. Or like, I can see maybe some of the studies, if it's patches of your hair turn white, maybe. I don't know. Not the whole, th- I can't see the whole thing, your whole head turning white. So drastically, yeah. yeah. If, it, if it was over like a couple months, I can see that, mm-hmm. but not like overnight. I could say a week. I could be a like, week okay, too. if something kept, you know, but yeah like extremely traumatic happened to you but not yeah. overnight not yeah. not like not i go to bed for seven hours and i wake up and it's completely changed <laughs> yeah or if you're like stressed out for class and like doing it all night or working on homework and imagine if we just oh, showed my up hair class would be hair white. <laughs> my hair would have been white 10 <laughs> times over oh yeah that was <laughs> I feel like a lot of modern day like college students white, would have all white, white hair. hair. Whole generation oh, yeah. full of white hair. Oh yeah. It'd be very much proven. So yeah. Okay. Well that was super interesting. I've never heard of Mary Antoinette syndrome before. I haven't either. So thank you all that's interesting.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to another Foolish Wanderers podcast. If you guys would like to check out the companion images to these episodes, check out our Instagram at Foolish Wanderers Podcast. And then if you'd like to send us an email with any future episode suggestions, send us an email at fwplisteners at gmail.com. And new episodes of the Foolish Wanderers Podcast are out every single Wednesday from wherever you get your podcasts including our YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh and make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment and make sure you hit that notifications button for all future episodes. Yes. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time.